Rashi's Nikkeitz normally falls on Hanukkah. This year, it's in the closing moments of Hanukkah that Shabbos comes in. So I think we can still discuss a principle we learned from Hanukkah and tie it into a principle that we learned from the Pasha. Also, this year, Pasha's Nikkeitz is the Shabbos before the yard site of Mary Barabi, with Moshe Shapiro's Yechon Livracha, whose yard site is Nasar Batevis. So, I'm going to start by repeating a yesterday principle of Rav Moshe's. Maybe it's something that's become well known, maybe it's something you've heard before. But I'm repeating it in the Nishmasa, it should be a schus for him. And then maybe afterwards one can add one or two little Ha'aris points just to complete the idea. So let's start with the Pasha. Really the Pasha tells us the story of Yosef Atzadik. How Yosef rose to greatness and the ups and downs of Yosef's life. And we find Yosef being the chosen son of Yaakov, Yosef being hated by the brothers, being sold as a slave, Yosef rising to prominence in the house of his master Potiphar, Yosef being falsely accused and being put into the jail, Yosef coming out of jail and being made into the second most powerful man in Egypt. But we find something else too. A description of Yosef. That Yosef is called Yifas Tayer, Yifas Mari. Yosef was extremely handsome, extremely good looking. Now that's unusual. It's unusual for the Torah to describe the physical appearance of a man. It's not because Yosef was the only good looking man that the Torah makes mention of that. For example, the Gemara tells us Shufra the Yaakov Avinu was main Shufra the Adam Marishan. The beauty of Yaakov was something similar to the beauty of Adam Marishan. But we don't find anywhere the Torah makes reference of Yaakov as a beautiful person. Obviously the Torah didn't consider that something significant enough to point out to us. So why when it comes to Yosef does the Torah choose to describe a man to us as being beautiful? And the truth is, it's a description we're used to hearing the Torah when it comes to our great ladies. When the Amaz are described, whether it's Sarah or Rivka or Rachel or later Esther, they're described as being also having, being beautiful. And the question, if our ladies as well, we can ask the question, why is that something which the Torah chooses to describe them by? We know the Apostle says, Mishlei Sheker HaChem V'Hevel HaYefi. Yafi, beauty, is meaningless, it's empty. So if something which has no value on its own, it's something which is meaningless, so why does the Torah choose that as a way to describe the greatest ladies that Klai Yisrael had? And one more question, which Ramesha Zechariah used to ask, and that is, the Gemara talks about Yerushalayim. 
And one of the praises the Gemara gives Yerushalayim is that there were ten measures of beauty which came down to the world. Nine of them were taken by Yerushalayim. Now, of course today we can only see Yerushalayim b'chorbana. Yerushalayim is a distraction. But what do we see about Yerushalayim that makes it so much more beautiful than anywhere else in the world? There's no natural mountain ranges in Yerushalayim. There's no seas or oceans, rivers, waterfalls. Whatever would be that you would normally attribute beauty to a place, what is it that makes Yerushalayim so beautiful? That's the first question. While this is also relevant to Hanukkah, is because we know that this was an area where Greece prided itself. Greece prided itself on its yofi, on its beauty. Greece, as you know, is a descendant of Yefes, and the very title Yefes comes from this idea of yofi. Yefes, the beauty. And whatever area it was that the Greeks applied themselves, they looked for beauty. Whether it was in art, whether it was in architecture, music, even literature, there was a certain emphasis that the Greeks placed on beauty. And what's the Jewish response to the Greek preoccupation, so to speak, with Yofi, with beauty? So, Reb Moshe used to explain it the following way. And he used to explain what makes something beautiful. And the Haggadah, the definition he gave for beauty, is the idea of a harmony between different elements. When things come together, when things fall into place, when things which are different to each other, but play different parts in a greater picture, that creates beauty. So if you're talking about a landscape which is very flat and very dry, very empty, there's no beauty. But if you're talking about towering hills and at the same time deep ravines, you're talking about the depth. So you see things in the distance and things up close. You see mountains and you see water. You see plows and you see the trees. You see the sky and you see the ground, whatever it's going to be. So there's so many contrasts, there's so many different elements, and they're put together in a, in a way which the one complements the other. So together it creates a certain harmony. And that harmony is what we call its beauty. Similarly with colors. A one color picture is not going to be particularly beautiful. One can apply, can apply different colors and different shades and textures and lighting and shadow. And that creates a whole, so it's the, the symmetry, it's the harmony of the contrasts which makes something beautiful. And if that's the case, the more striking the contrast is, the more beauty it has when it fits together. Same thing about music, the different instruments, each one has its own sound, each one has its own particular tone and if a person would make a so to speak a composition with just one musical instrument it won't have nearly the beauty as 
an orchestra which combines so many different kinds of musical equipment, different kinds of instruments, and then the synthesis, the harmony of all of them creates a much greater beauty. In literature, in writing, it's also like that. The more dramatic the language, the more different elements it puts together, the more it has a beauty. That was the speciality of Greece. But for all its preoccupation and ability to look for beauty, really the beauty of Greece is very superficial. We can call it a two-dimensional beauty. Because it only can combine things of a physical nature. Yes, within the realm of the physical elements, there are differences, and those can be brought together in a certain harmony, but it's all on the same plane. It's all on the same level. True beauty is a harmony of much greater opposites. True beauty is a harmony of Rukhnis and Gashmis. Those are much greater contrasts, and when those come together, it creates a beauty. And let's explain what that means. If a person is completely occupied, preoccupied, focused on his physical body, so as much as they can try and beautify themselves, that's only in the one realm of, the, of their body. It doesn't touch their neshama, it doesn't touch their personality. They could just as well be a picture. If a person thinks that spirituality means focusing on a spiritual part of a person, but to the complete neglect of their body. So on the one hand, there might be an element of spiritual accomplishment, but when you see the person as a whole, so we would say that he achieved what he achieved in spite of, at the expense of his body. When a person can synthesize the two, and when can a person can com- combine his body and his neshama, and rather than fighting his body in order to develop his neshama, he uses his body, and that becomes an element of the, great, the growth of his neshama, then it provides a beauty. Because then it shows two sides of a person, a contrast. The Rukhli side of the person, the Gashmi side of the person, but the harmony between them. How the one isn't a steward to the other one. How the physical doesn't become a contradiction to the spiritual. That's a much greater degree of beauty. And with that in mind, let's go back to the question we asked before. If the Pasuk says, Sheker Achein Vehevel Ayati, so why does the Torah compliment great women on their beauty? The Vilna Gaon asks the question that Pasuk in Mishra, and the Vilna Gaon answers like this. He says it's true. Chayn, attractiveness, beauty on its own is a shaker, it's a hevel. But when you have an Isha Yira Sashem, when you have a person who also has Yira Shemayim, so then, Hittisharal, she's praised not just for the Yira Shemayim, she's praised for her beauty too. Normally, beauty could be used as a way to make people do Avera. Normally, beauty could be used as a way which acts in opposition to Yerushalayim. The Shevach, 
of a person is Yerush Shemaim. And let's say he wouldn't have the option to do an Avera. Also isn't complete. But when a person, so to speak, utilizes all the parts of themselves, their personality, and it all contributes to Yerush Shemaim, so then that makes it so much more impressive. In a case like that, the Isha Yerush Hashem hit is huddle on the physical features too. And that's how when the Torah talks about the Mos and describes it as being beautiful, it's because we know that they, they were Yerush Shemaim. And Mimele, it just enhances the beauty of the Yerush Shemaim, the fact that they also had physical beauty. And that brings us back to Yosef. The reason why Yosef is singled out if, as a man as having physical beauty is because we see Yosef as the example of a person who talks about himself as having Yerushalayim. Even if he's presenting himself as a prince of Egypt, but you can still say, And for the person who fears Hashem, so the fact that that is combined with features which could lead a person to Avera, that makes a much more complete harmony. And that's why Yosef was the one who was miskaber, who was able to overcome the temptation for Avera, it made the achievement so much more beautiful, so much more complete. The fact that Yosef was also beautiful. That's the Yosef of Moshe used to say. Now, how does that compete with Yavon? Because Yavon appreciates beauty, but like we said, one-dimensional beauty. Beauty which is only physical. The contrast of the beauty that Klai Yisrael has is a beauty which is more complete. The contrast is a beauty which incorporates both the spiritual and the physical. And that's what the Gemara says. And the Gemara says there's no Yafi like the Yafi of Yerushalayim. There's no beauty like the beauty of Yerushalayim. There might be other cities in the world with more beautiful scenery. Maybe laid out in a more pretty fashion. But by definition, they're a place which only has physical beauty. It's only one-dimensional. Whereas when it comes to Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim is Ke'ir Shechubre Yachtov. It's a city where the spiritual and the physical combine. It's a city where both parts of that beauty come together. And therefore the contrast in Yerushalayim of Ruchus and Gashmius is what makes it more beautiful. Where is that scene? So, this is one point I want to add in Rav as you said. We know that the ones who fought Yavon in actual battle were the Kainim. But what we're going to see is the ones who fought Yavon in ideological battle were the Kainim as well. Why? Because you see the emphasis that the Torah puts by a coin on his clothing. The emphasis the Torah puts on the way the coin dresses that it should be 
It should be something beautiful. It should be something impressive. Well, that's, so to speak, playing into the field of Yavon. Yavon was also into how things should look. What made the Kohen and his big Kahuna a response to Yavon, a counter to Yavon? And we see this. Besides for the actual battle which was waged between the Kohenim and the Yavonim, really the first showdown, the first confrontation between Yavon and Caius will happen years before that. It's when Alexander the Great, at the top of, at the helm of his success, at the head of his huge army, was marching in Eretz Yisrael. And the Kohen God Lashem and Atzadik is the one who comes out to meet him. And Shemin HaTzadik is dressed in the Big Degahuna. And he, he journeys towards Alexander. Alexander is marching towards him. And the Gemara tells us in Yemen that the two meet. And when they meet, Alexander alights from his chariot and kneels to Shemin HaTzadik. There was a superior, superiority that Klai Yisrael had that Yavon acknowledges. What is that? If I'm talking about the fact that there was gold and diamonds and the royal purple on the Big Dekona, I'm sure the emperors wore the same. It could be Alexander had more diamonds in his crown or in his garments than Shimon Atzadik had in the Choshen. So what was so impressive about Shimon Atzadik? And the answer is what the coin symbolizes is not just the physical dimension of beauty. The splendor of the coin Gadol was a combination of the Begadim he wore, but of the level of the person. And when the two combine, when there's a synthesis of spiritual and physical, when the Yeras Hashem of the coin Gadol, so to speak, combines with the clothing he's wearing, so it's not just the beauty of the clothing. If you're talking about the stones of the Choshen which shone, you're talking about the Kodesh Lashem on his forehead which lit up. So that's a new dimension which is something which Yavon can't compete with. Yes, if it's going to be material and stones and gold, Yavon can boast the same or better. If it's going to be how they synthesize with the person, that the coin is wearing the big Degona becomes an example of covered with the Ferris, and specifically him. An imposter is wearing the big Degona won't have that effect. It doesn't have the internal level which synthesizes with that. So then here Yavon concedes that there's a level of beauty which combines elements which Yavon doesn't have. That was the intellectual victory of Yavon. And that's always the Yisait. Whatever Maila the Goyim have, really it's a corruption of that Maila. It's minimizing how Klaish will be able to have the same. Let's give two examples. Firstly, when it comes to strength. One of those areas where the non-Jews pride themselves on their strength. 
and as powerful as they may be. When HaKadosh Baruch will bring Mashiach and reveal true strength, it will be something far beyond what the nations can claim to be powerful can boast of. When Yavon is going to pride itself on its Chochmah, on its wisdom, as wise as their elders and sages might have been, it doesn't compete with or compare to the Chochmah of the Torah. And similarly, the pride Yavon takes in beauty is a beauty which doesn't compete with, doesn't compare to the beauty of Tzadisra. This is Kodesh Baruch's praise for us in Shir Hashir. Kulach Yafar Ayasi. Hashem says, you're completely beautiful. And it's not just referring to physical beauty. It's referring how the two go together. How the element that a person can use to combine the Gashmis and the Ruchnis and together it produces something which is a much deeper beauty. It's a harmony of much greater opposites. The Gemara talks about Rabbi Yechanan. And the Gemara talks about Rabbi Yechanan's beauty. And the Gemara describes it as if a person would put a pure silver cup catching the sun rays, the shine of that of, of the sun rays of the silver, that was the shine of the skin of Rabbi Echelon. That's not just the physical beauty. Maybe a person's features are well proportioned, can be spoken about physical beauty. If you're talking about the person's skin, which shines so brightly, you can tell the story of Rabbi Echelon. He once went to visit his Talmud, Rabbi Razab and Padas. Rabbi Badas was poor. He was sitting in the dark, lying in the dark. Rabbi Yechelen rolls up his sleeve and the light of his skin lights up the room. No athletic contestant that Greece could boast of whatever physical features they had could compete with the beauty of a person's skin that shines so brightly. Adal Talas, it's the Pasuk, Chachmas Adam Tayyipano. It's the Chachm of a person which makes the skin shine. It's the synthesis, the synthesis between the Ruchnis and the Gashmis which creates a greater beauty. Rabbi Yechon says about himself, I'm the last of the beautiful people of Yerushalayim. It seems like the people of Yerushalayim, it wasn't uncommon to have that beauty. It wasn't uncommon to have that, that shine that came from the combination of the Ruchnis with the Gashmis. That, so to speak, that light which shone on them, shone through them. That was the beauty of Yerushalayim. The beauty of Yerushalayim was you can see a person who doesn't have two opposite extremes which are competing with each other. The two combine. The two work together. The two enhance each other. The Yeres Hashem enhances the Yofi and the Yofi enhances the Yeres Hashem. That was the measure of beauty which Yerushalayim had. And that was, that was the intellectual superiority over Greece. Whatever they can pr- promote as being beautiful, it doesn't compare. Let's give an example just to make this more real. Music. 
In what way do we judge the beauty of music? How well the instruments are being used? How well the, the tune is constructed? But if I'm talking about music, for sure that's a big part of it. If I was looking at classical music, that's all that counts. It's the beauty of the combination of the instruments, of the various notes which are put together to form the to form the tune, to form the 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 rhythm of the beat, whatever you're going to call it, of the music. That's beauty. But that's all physical. If we're going to put words to that, words which fit the tune, not like modern music, which any beat and any words can put together, they have no connection to each other, but words which actually fit with the tune. And when singing the tune, a person feels the words. And the, the expression that the words lend themselves to is so much stronger through the tune. So that combines another element. It's not just the music. It's not just the instruments. It's the feeling it evokes. And that's infinitely more beautiful. Similarly, a person can use language. And if the concept of using language is just physical beauty, the choice of the words, the structure of the sentences, whatever other writer's tools a person uses, and they're writing meaningless fiction, it might be considered by Yavon to be a work of art. We consider it meaningless. The beauty of literature is when it conveys a depth. And yes, if a person has to use the right language, and a person has to choose a choice expression, and a person has to utilize the tools which language has, but if that's combined with the depth that it's conveying, it's infinitely more beautiful. That's what we call the beauty of Yisrael. The beauty of Yisraelim, the beauty which combines the two. Let's go back to Yezif Atalik. The Pasuk says about him that when he rode triumphantly through Mitzrayim, the girls of Egypt climbed the walls to watch as Yosef was paraded as the new king of Mitzrayim. And what did they see in Yosef? Not just the fact that he is physically good looking, but this was also a person who was be considered toughness panech, a person who could reveal secrets, a person of tremendous wisdom. That's how Pari promoted him. And that combined, it wasn't one or the other one. It was the Yosef who was both. On the one hand, he was good looking, on the other hand, he was the Chacham of Mitzrayim. And most importantly, he also had the glow of Yerushimai. That combined to create the beauty of Yosef. The idea of beautifying a mitzvah is the same. It was just to have things which are beautiful. To celebrate, to enjoy physical beauty. So that's Shekhar Achein Vehevel When a person utilizes in doing a mitzvah, then it combines with the mitzvah. 
and that creates a greater harmony, a greater beauty. The Hidur of Ner Hanukkah. Like every mitzvah, there's an need to be Mahadur in the mitzvah. But the Hidur mitzvah is to combine the two together. That we can use something which on the one hand is beautiful, but it's used for a mitzvah. And therefore the spiritual and the, spirit and the physical combine. That's the true Yofi. Chazal said this was in one word. Then a Sefer according to one opinion, can be written in Yavonis, in Greek. Because Yaf Yafusa Shal Yafas should be Boil and Shame. It might be something physically beautiful. But if it's just used for physical beauty, it's empty. If that physical beauty can be used for Torah, then it becomes something which is worthy of that, worthy of being called beautiful. Worthy of that title. So yes, Greece might have appreciated, might have developed a concept of Yofi in this world on its own is meaningless. But when that could be combined with the beauty of Ruchnius, where it can be combined in some way with Yerushimayim, with Avodos Hashem, then he Tisharu. Then that becomes something, the harmony of both parts, the harmony of the contrast which come together to produce something impressive, that's something which is truly beautiful. That's the beauty of Klai Yisrael, that which the Pasuk says, You're completely beautiful, Klai Yisrael. You have, the, you have the synthesis of both. And that, rely, that results in that, that glow, that shine, where the Kedusha and the, and the Chachm of a person combine with their features to produce true beauty.